You know, I stood on top of the same mountain one year apart, and it felt completely different. And that's because the circumstances were different. The second year, I wasn't the only one there. My name's Daniel, and for years I thought I was the most ordinary dad in the world. But I've been on this journey to revisit and regain my sight of all the extra things in my life that make my life extraordinary. You know, I start out every episode lately apologizing for the background sound. Last week, we were at Disney World and camping in Fort Wilderness. I had the microphone and the computer set up on the back of a golf cart and recording while a group of Boy Scouts that were camping near us were playing laser tag at night. You could hear sounds of back of golf carts moving, but surprisingly, their laser tag game didn't bleed through a whole lot. This week... I have to apologize for a different sound because Bear and I are camping out in the living room and you'll hear little soft snores every once in a while coming from the background. Those are not Bear's snores. We went to the Humane Society this weekend to play with some kittens and to look at them. And I came out with a 70-pound dog. He's the reason we're camping in the living room because Bear wanted to sleep with him tonight and last night. But he was a little too scared to camp in the living room by himself, so I'm having to camp out on the couch. Because Amanda said, you got the dog, you're sleeping on the couch with Bear so that he can sleep with the dog. They've been cuddling together, and it's been, it's been pretty great to see because, honestly, recently we, we lost our dog that we'd had for nine years. And I thought we were going to wait at least a year before we got another animal. But since she's passed, every time I've sat down on the couch, I've positioned my legs just right. And then realized that she wasn't there to sit with me. And when I was at work, because I work nights, I found myself checking the security camera every time I stopped and checking our security system because I didn't have that same peace of mind that I did when I knew that she was here. And even though she wasn't a very large dog, she was only like 25 pounds, I knew that if something happened, she would take care of my family. That she would put herself between them and anything that came through the door. And that before anything was even at the door, she would let them know. Because she had a sixth sense. She loved her neighbor, Jeff. And anytime he stepped outside, she would know it. And there's no windows pointing towards their house. But she would just know, hey, Jeff's outside. And she would run to the front door and trick me into thinking she had to use the bathroom. Until I figured out the way, because she would move her body different when Jeff was outside. She would get this little shake, like, I'm going to go see my favorite person. And I'd open the door and she'd immediately run off and run, run next door to the neighbor's house. But... I didn't realize how important and how special she was to me until she wasn't here. Until I didn't get those licks in the face to wake me up that used to annoy me. Because she would come in right after the kids woke me up. Because they, they usually run in in the afternoons and say, Daddy, it's time to get up. Because I sleep during the day. And she would follow behind and jump up, put her front paws on the bed, tap me on the hand with her paws, and then stick her wet, soggy nose in my face. And you don't realize how much you take those things for granted until they're not happening anymore, until they're not there. So I didn't think I was going to leave the Humane Society with a dog. I thought maybe I would leave with a cat, but not a dog. And I got the hugest puppy I have ever seen in my life. He's the sweetest boy. His name is Otis. And... Surprisingly, he's already house-trained, crate-trained, 
when he has to go to the bathroom, he goes and taps his leash and then goes to the door. And he loves the kids and Amanda and myself already. We haven't told Lucy about him yet, so have you seen Lucy before Monday? Don't tell her. Because we've all been very sad about Ethel, and I want to be able to pull up to her house and and her to see the dog. And see that look on her face for the first time as she can fall in love with him like we all did. But the story I'm talking about tonight is my mountain experience. So in high school, I don't know if I've talked about it yet, but I always went to a camp every summer called Centrifuge. And it was where a group of kids, all late middle school through high school and very early college, all their churches bring kids together every summer. And you worship God, you do different tracks and learn, learn about God, and you have all these group activities just for a solid week. And it's one of the best experiences of my life. I went multiple times and loved it every time. But the last year that I was actually a student, the year before I was a chaperone, I decided one day I was going to skip one of my tracks. I can't remember which adult it was that I told, but I was just like, hey guys, just to let you know, I'm skipping, I think it was Battle Ball. It's like, I'm skipping Battle Ball today, and I'm going to hike to the top of a mountain. So that's what I did. And that day, I skipped Battle Ball and started hiking. And it was beautiful. I was seeing amazing things. And about halfway up the mountain, I saw this sign, and I was like, huh, that sign says, beware of bears. And that's when I thought to myself, This trip up the mountain probably wasn't the best idea to do by myself. On the way up after that, I started singing and talking to myself and saying, Hey, bear, every once in a while, because that warning sign really got me worried. And when I got to the top, and I won't have to say I scaled the mountain because I didn't have to climb the top of the mountain. There are people who've been there that know that. But it is a pretty steep last little bit. And I got there. And I sat on this rock that overlooked the mountainside, and it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Because before then, I haven't really traveled a lot. Now I've traveled and seen a lot of things, but that mountaintop is always in my mind as something beautiful. So I took this little blue Fujifilm camera I had and set it on a rock, set the timer, and ran back to the one that had my legs hanging over the side of the mountain, and sat and just leaned forward for a picture. So I'd always remember it. It's somewhere on my Facebook. You can find it in some like my old memories. But it's a picture and a vision I'll never forget. But the problem is I was there by myself. So the next year when I was a chaperone, there was a day that I took, I can't remember all the kids. I, I'm pretty sure Garrett Clarity was there, but I, I took a lot of the kids up and we hiked the mountain together. And we went to the top. I saw that sign. I wasn't scared because everybody was talking. Everybody was laughing. And I was like, there's no way a bear is going to stumble upon this group of people. But we got to the top of the mountain. And I saw their faces. And in their faces, I saw my face that year before. I saw the realization of how beautiful God's creation is. And the way they looked out and looked out at the world that there were a few of them that you could tell, it's like, wow, 
this is a bigger world than I thought. Because I don't know where everyone who listens is from, but sometimes when you're in a small town, you kind of get the small town mentality. And you can forget just how vast and how big and how beautiful the world is. But when you're standing up on a mountain, you're reminded exactly how big God's creation is. And the difference for me between the two years was that not only did I experience the joy, I was able to pass that joy on to other people. And what's really cool about that is that little hike I did. Um, Every summer, usually the kids that go, you'll see their pictures they put up of camp. And almost every summer, because I'll keep track of what they do there, there's a group of kids that go up to that mountain. And they always take a picture pretty much near the same rock that I was on. And it makes me so happy to see that there were people that actually were going up to the place that I started going by myself. And it's always a group. But things are so much better in life when you have people to share them with. And that's what I remember when I think about that story. It's because that one year when I was by myself, it was great and it was beautiful. But the next year, it was even more amazing. I heard somebody the other day talking about if you're called to do something and you do it alone, then you're doing it wrong. Because what we should do is disciple. You should never do anything alone that God's called you to. You should always bring someone with you. Because through bringing someone with you, they learn and they grow right alongside with you. And that really stuck with me. And then I started remembering this story. And remembering the smiles I've seen over the years of seeing other people going up to that spot on that mountain. And it just made me so happy. And that's what we're called to do with the people around us. We're called to lift each other up. Not just to worry about making our own climb up the mountain. But pulling those other people up behind us and with us. I've been thinking a lot lately about my kids. And about two different approaches you can use. Because they're, they're really, we want our kids to go in a certain direction in life. We want our kids to make the right choices and to go to the right places. And sometimes we can try to push them into that direction. We can try to push them into being who we want to be. But pushing your child or pushing someone in your life to be something else is not the best way to get them there. If you want someone to go somewhere, it's easier to pull them there than to push them. It's easier for you to go the direction that you want them to go first and do the hard things that they're going to have to do first so that you can lift a hand back and pull them up and pull them your direction. And I think as parents, especially parents, we should take that approach with our kids. We should always be willing to walk the path that we're asking them to walk. Because if you're walking that path, not only do they see that, hey, this is doable, they see my mom or my dad loves me enough that they're doing the same thing that they've asked me to do. And I can trust them to tell me that it's the right thing to do because they're actually doing it themselves. There's a saying that I love. And I tell it to Amanda 
and some of my close friends all the time, and it's that more is caught than taught. All day long, we can teach our kids something by telling them. We can tell them, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. But what they're really going to end up doing is catching the things that we showed them. They're going to see how we're living. And through the way that we're living, we pull them in the direction that they're going to go. Because in their hardest times, they're going to think to themselves, how did mom handle this? Or how did dad handle this? And I don't ever want to think of myself on a journey alone. Because the journey I'm doing, the trip to the mountain I'm doing, I'm going to have to guide my kids through tomorrow. I'm going to have to guide the people who I'm closest to through the same journey that I'm in today, tomorrow, or at some point in their life. I've got to be available to guide people through the same journey that I'm doing. So when you think about it, it's kind of like that mountain. You can have the view that you're doing it by yourself. And even if you don't reach back and guide somebody, there are little eyes watching you. And when things get hard in their life, they're going to take the same steps you took. But if you're mindful of the fact that you're not alone, then you take the time to turn around and lift those up around you and to help them move forward in life and to help them go further in life. So our scripture today is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, And it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's the New International Version. And I know a lot of you have heard that scripture before. But it's one that really resonates with me. Because it's our job and our responsibility to make each other sharper. And to make each other better. And... Honestly, it's a responsibility that I've put away sometimes and I've kind of ignored just to enjoy the easier things in life, to enjoy conflict or to enjoy friction. But sometimes it's the friction moments in our life that really make us better and really hone out the rough edges and make us a stronger, sharper individual. So as you go through your week, remember that you're not making this journey alone, no matter how alone you feel. There is someone watching you, and there's someone who's going to follow in your footsteps, and they're going to be on the same mountain or resting in the same valley that you are. So step wisely. Make sure that your path is the right path for them to follow. I love you. God loves you. And you should love you too. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'm praying for you. I don't typically end the podcast in prayer, but I'm sitting here and I glance over and see my little boy sleeping beside the dog kennel. And I don't know why it's touched my heart so much, because maybe because I miss our, our Ethel that was with us for nine years. But I'm a little more emotional feeling tonight. I'm trying not to let it come across in, in the podcast. And if all I ever had was one more opportunity and one more chance to talk to someone, I think the way I'd want to end a conversation is by praying with them. So, I want to pray with you. I hope you listen. But, God, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for everyone listening. 
You know the needs they have in their life, and you know the people that they encounter in their life. God, I just ask you to meet all of their needs and guide them in their encounters. Guide them to say the right things, the things that need to be said. And God, if anybody listening today feels alone or plain and ordinary, remind them that they're not alone. Even when they feel at their most alone, remind them that they're not. And God, remind them that they are special and extraordinary. If for no other reason, they're extraordinary because of the fact that you loved us and you loved them enough to come to earth and die for them. God, I love you. And I thank you for loving me so much. And I praise you for this day and I ask that you guide us in tomorrow. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening.